Hi, I'm Amber and welcome to the Lone Star Keto podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, Dave Sherwin. He is a fitness nutrition coach and also a mindfulness and meditation practitioner. Welcome, Dave. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Okay, so Dave, let's start out with a little bit of background on you. Okay, well, uh, I've been interested in health and wellness my whole life, but I didn't do it as a business for a long time. I'm kind of, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been self-employed since 1993, and I've done a variety of businesses, and I've even bought and sold businesses. So my, my expertise is really in marketing and, and general business. Uh, but in 2009, I had a huge business failure. I mean, I won't go into the backstory of it, but it was catastrophic, like from making a reasonable living to bankruptcy, like really dramatic. And I was calling friends and networking and saying, hey, I got to find some way to make a living. And one of my buddies, Dan said, Dave, you're a health guy. You love health. You're always talking about fitness. You're always doing races. You're into supplements. That's what you really like. Why don't you go into health? And that was like an epiphany for me. And interestingly, I went into the health business and had a more successful business within eight months of doing that than I had before. And so it was really amazing. It just blew up once I kind of connected what I really loved with, you know, um, what I did in, for a living. That was in 2009. And, and since then, uh, we've grown a successful sup dietary supplement business. And then I'm a certified fitness and nutrition coach now. Uh, so that I can support my customers and, and, and help them understand the, that triad of nutrition, fitness, and supplementing to fill in deficiencies. And that's the way we approach it. Uh, and so that's kind of the, 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 the story in a nutshell. Awesome. All right. Well, today's topic, we're going to be talking about the seven principles of health. So mm -hmm. I'm going to let you go ahead and just go for it. And I will jump in with a few questions, but I'm going to let you have the floor. So go for it. That sounds great. And um, they are quite simple, but I think before we jump into the seven, Amber, there's a principle I'd love to, to share. Okay. And it's actually a business principle. Um, you know, I've been in business long enough that I've seen the internet come and I've seen business evolve. I was there when Netscape was the, the platform that we searched on. I was online marketing uh, when we had, you know, all none of these platforms existed, right? And what happened, it was an interesting world as we were trying to figure out as business people, how do we advertise? And there was Google and there was multiple uh, platforms for video. YouTube hadn't come along yet. And there was email marketing. And there's a variety of different ways and it was confusing. And we would try new things and sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. Finally, as things started to kind of flesh out and Facebook came along and then YouTube came along and then the Google AdWords platform evolved. I was trying to figure out how we tracked all, all this stuff and how we determined how we were successful, where our success was coming from. And there was a company up in Seattle, an analytics company that put out an email that's saying, hey, are you wondering whether email marketing or Facebook marketing or PPC or all these different forms of marketing are the best for your business? Well, we have the answer. And here it is. The answer is to do them all and give credit to the system. And the reason why is because some people are going to see your email and then they're not going to buy anything from a link in that email, but they're going to look you up later on Google. And then they're going to buy from Google and you're going to think it came from Google. And some people are going to see you on social media, mm. but they're not ready to buy. Then they get on your newsletter and they buy from a link in your newsletter. And there's a circle and people need to hear from you and people buy from those they know, like, and trust so you give credit to the system. 
Now that was a huge epiphany in my business life. And when I got into the health and wellness field, what I discovered is I got my health certification and figured out a lot of things about the latest in nutritional science is it's exactly the same here, Amber. I'm absolutely convinced that if we have good health, if we're happy, if we're at our ideal body weight, for example, and we have strength and we have mobility and we have flexibility and we're sleeping well and we're hydrated. And when we get a blood test, it looks good, right? All of those things that happens if we're following a system, not a silver bullet, right? Yeah. And so I went to work trying to figure out what I, what I thought that was. Now, my health certification is in precision nutrition, which tends to be an evidence-based PhD-led certification. So one, it's one of the top five in the world. You, you have, have it, that. wonderful. Yeah. So you, you get it. We, we, uh -huh. We're talking the same language here. Mm -hmm. and, and from doing that, uh, as, I, as I learned those principles, right, I then wanted to distill it even more because precision nutrition is like, you know, you and I both have manuals this thick right? The thick manual and then the little manuals and mm -hmm. then the certification that we got this like a college course that still is a little complex for a lot of people. So I dumbed it down to seven things that I thought encapsulated or crystallized all of this into a way that people could make it simple. And if they followed the seven, none of the seven is a silver bullet, but the seven together would give people mm. optimal health. I love that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Great. And thank you. And, and the, the reason why I think that's important to say is because as I go through these, I already know from doing this a hundred times that some people go, oh, I already know that one. And that's terrific. But then we get to another one. They go, oh, I know that, but I'm not that great at it. This, this one's my weakness, right? So, mm -hmm. so what I would challenge your listeners to do is listen to the seven. And if some of them feel easy, that's terrific. Just make sure you're doing them really, really well. And then note which ones I say that you might go, oh, I believe that but that's my sticking point. And maybe look for the sticking point. And then I wonder if that isn't the key to your lock, that maybe you have four of these. And if you worked on the other three, you know, for those people listening, I'm, I'm saying that, that maybe one or two or three of these are the key to the lock and in conjunction would, would, give, would help you reach your goals. I like that. Perfectly said. Yes. Go okay. Terrific. <laughs> then let's jump into number one, which is dead simple. It's don't drink calories. Make water your best friend. Now, there's a lot of people who know this. This is one of those, oh, I know that. But here's a question. Is your water bottle beside you, right? Do you carry it with you? Have you been drinking? <laughs> Maybe not right there, but you, are, are you drinking enough water is the bottom line, right? Now, what's enough water? Enough water is about half your body weight in ounces per day. So if you're a 150-pound person, Divide it in two, that's 75. You should have about 75 ounces. That's outside of exercise. When we're exercising, we're just getting thirsty because we're getting rid of that sweat, right? And we need to replenish it just for that block of exercise. But outside of that, we need to drink half our body weight in ounces. And most people are dehydrated, chronically dehydrated. And drinking sodas and calories actually mm -hmm. makes it even worse because most sodas are actually diuretics, meaning they make you pee, but they don't give cellular uh, hydration to, into the cells, right? So where, where water does. So this one, again, sounds simple. Everyone knows this, but for those of you already doing it great. And those of you who aren't quite there, just make sure you're being very, very consistent. Okay. I have questions though. Okay. okay. Even though it is simple, let, let's talk about this. <laughs> okay. okay. So what, you know, 
I've always heard, you know, you drink all this water, drink all this water. But for me, when I tried to force drink that it was miserable, it was like something a very uncomfortable. And I was constantly peeing like every five minutes peeing. It was ridiculous. And so for me, you know, right now, what I do is I go by when I'm thirsty, you know, and when I feel like I need to, to drink, which I mean, I, I, matter of fact, I, I have a test it's by vessel. I don't know if you know of them, but they're awesome. And it's a pee strip and it has uh, like six different things they check for like magnesium, um, uh, cortisol, uh, hydration is one of them. And my hydration was perfect. So I feel like I'm pretty in tune with my body. So, and I honestly couldn't tell you how much I drank though. And maybe, maybe I am drinking the exact amount that you said, but for those people who honestly don't feel thirsty, do you still think it's a necessary thing to have that specific amount? Because food also plays a part in that, you know, with the hydration and food. So what, what do you think about that? A couple things. Number one, Many people have trained themselves to be okay with dehydration. You haven't because you got tested. Now, first of all, there's a wonderful mantra. I want to just say to everyone right now, test, don't guess, because (laughs) this is a general guideline. Half your body weight in ounces is a general guideline. Does it mean it's perfect for everyone? No. Some people might need more than that. And some people might need less than that, but just because you don't feel thirsty doesn't mean that your cells are fully hydrated. Because we could, you could have trained yourself. A lot of people are drinking milk, juices, Mm -hmm. and other commercial drinks all the time. And their body has been trained to survive on this stuff. And they feel okay. Sometimes we feel okay, even though we're not really doing that great. Part of it has to do with the quality of the water, Amber. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who have low quality water. That was my next question. So go for it. Yeah. So try to drink the best quality water you can. Now, here's a really fascinating health hack. Besides what you said about forced drinking, there are people who also have this unusual situation where when they drink a lot, it's, it sits like a rock in their stomach. It it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, One of our products is a trace mineral product. It's called Mimi's Miracle Minerals. And there are other trace mineral products that would also work. And also Himalayan salt, if you can stomach Mm -hmm. it, um, or things like that also have trace minerals. Water has large molecules in, in a lot of tap water in the, in the country. You can measure this. It's called dines. And the, the water molecule size actually makes a difference to your body's ability to get hydrated from the water. Now, when you add trace minerals to water, so that's tip number one. If you're suffering with this rock in the stomach feeling when you drink water, add a few drops of trace minerals to the water and try again, and you might be amazed hmm. because it literally breaks down the size of the molecules of the water and hmm. makes it so it's more absorbable. There's also a product from a company in, in uh, uh, Virginia called Zuma, X-O-O-M-A. We sell their sachets on our website as well. It's another way to get uh, trace minerals into your water. It's a little sachet like a tea bag. And we have tons of people that swear by that stuff. They drop it in their water, they shake it up, wait five minutes and it breaks down. It's also called surface tension. This is a simple scientific Mm -hmm. experiment you can do. If you take your tap water, pour it in your glass and see how far you can overflow it and not have it go over the edges. Take that same tap water and do what I just said, add the trace minerals or add the X2O, shake it up, do the same little scientific experiment in your kitchen and watch what happens. 
It's really fascinating. The water just goes right over the edge of the glass once you break mm. down that surface tension. And so there's, there, there's that. It, the quality of your water matters. Uh, if, if you have terrible water where you're at, well worth investing in a reverse osmosis filter under your sink. That's a great, and, and, you know, if you can figure it out yourself, like a plumber might charge six, seven, $800 to install something like that. Or if you're a little bit handy, you can get all the parts you need to do a three-step osmosis filter under your, under your sink, uh, for as little as 180, $200, a great investment in your health. Also some fridges, um, have a, a decent filter that actually makes a big mm -hmm. difference over your tap water. So if you have a fridge where you can install a carbon mm -hmm. filter, uh, that actually can also help. So those are some tips, Amber. And I, I'd say to those people who feel like they're hydrated, but they're drinking a lot of commercial drinks to, to give this a try, because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You do because you're a health coach, you're in the business, you, you don't drink soda. I know because nope. you're, <laughs> uh, this is not your style. Nope. Totally get it. But guess how many people in America do, right? Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. So there's a lot of people listening to your podcast who want to be like Amber, but they're not there yet. And this could be an area where they could start drinking more, better quality water. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually had a client tell me that because she was asking, well, what can I drink? And I'm like, Mm, water, <laughs> you know, and she said, I can't yeah. deal with water because it sits like, you know, like a rock in my gut. And I'm like, isn't that Is interesting? That, yeah. And I, I didn't know what to tell her because I was like, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure what to tell you about that because I've never experienced that. And nobody has ever articulated that to me before. And so I've okay, heard it a lot because it's my number one point. I hear it all the time. I have to deal with this with wow, clients on a okay. regular basis. And so now you, you've got the silver bullet. Yeah, now there's more to it than that. There's also flavor. Um, some mm -hmm. people just, it's just boring. Let's mm -hmm. face it. Drinking my water husband. all day can be really mm -hmm. boring. Um, and so essential oils, make sure that they're okay to drink. Not all essential oils are okay to drink. They're not to be ingested, but there are some that are. And you can get, for example, grapefruit extract, which I love. Adding like just two or three drops of, of grapefruit oil makes it, it, you know, it gives it a little tang and some grapefruit flavor. Same with orange, same with lemon, Lime, these are things that you can get essential oils of. Again, check that they're ingestible, add a few drops to your water, and it adds just enough flavor to, to make it nice to drink uh, versus uh, boring. So another one that I do sometimes is, um, you know, the, le the lemon and lime concentrates that you buy for cooking, mm -hmm. you know, I'll add a cap full of one of those to my water sometimes. Sometimes I just feel like that acidity. I don't mm -hmm. know why, but sometimes on a, especially a hot day, I just feel like there's something in that lemon extract or that lime extract. That's not only a nice flavor in my water, uh, but my body kind of craves it sometimes. Um, you, if you like tart, you know, a lot of people don't like sour I or do. tart uh, flavors. Mm -hmm. I do too. And so those are a few tips that you could do to add a little bit of flavor to your water. What about electrolytes? How do you feel about that? Like I LMNT for instance, or can't remember the other name that uh, another one that we have. Mm. I'm a fan. I take them every day. As a matter of fact, we'll get to intermittent fasting soon. I'm an intermittent faster, <laughs> but there are some things I do take. Uh, for example, every morning I take a teaspoon of high quality salt and I put it in, in with a, a, a serving of electrolytes and BCAAs. And that's my morning drink before I break my fast. 
All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm a fan of that too. And that's how my husband drinks his water is putting electrolytes in it with the, for the flavor. Cause he can't stand plain water. He just will not, unless it's like really I, hot outside and, or he's been working out or something, then he will. But yeah. I like that. As a matter of fact, I hadn't thought of telling people that what you just said, I do it every day myself, but I hadn't, because I do it more as a intra workout drink. I hadn't really thought of it as just flavoring my water later, but that's a great idea. I, I think it's a great idea. All right. Okay. I'm done now. You can go to number two. <laughs> I had great. to insert that, that. I loved how you fleshed that out. That actually brought out some stuff that I hadn't really uh, thought of or I don't always share. So that was really fantastic. Number two, and you will know this one from Precision Nutrition, Amber, is eat all your food slowly and mindfully. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was getting that certification and I read right there from PhD nutritionists that eating slowly and mindfully was more important than what we were eating. Uh, my brain just went, no, no, yeah. I, I, I can't mm -hmm. accept that. It doesn't make sense. But when I read the science on it, it started to totally make sense to me, right? Again, this is one of those that some people just naturally eat slowly. If that's you, absolutely wonderful. This is great that you are a slow yeah. eater and that you do it naturally. For others, though, they scarf down their food and it's something they've really, really got to work on. And let me tell you something, especially if you struggle with your weight, this is a really great principle. Whether you do or not, we all need to eat our food more slowly and mindfully. And of course, you already know why, but I'm going to go through it just briefly. Go for it. You know, when we're at a doctor's office, we see like this chart of a body on, on the wall. You know what I mean? And it kind of shows inside. You see the brain, you see the throat, you see the lungs, you see the stomach. And it looks to us when we see it drawn like a cartoon that the hole is that the stomach is kind of a hole at the bottom of the, the throat, right? And we picture our food being chewed, going through the throat, dropping into this hole, getting digested and away we go. But the stomach is not a cave that receives food and then processes it. There's folds in there. And Moreover, the digestive system doesn't start in the stomach. It starts in the mouth. Mm -hmm. We have enzymes in the mouth that start to break down the food and we should chew it to the consistency of applesauce. So when we do that, we're preparing the food really well for those folds in the stomach. So now it goes into the folds and now more enzymes get put into the food to break it down. And then it breaks it down and it sends all the nutrients from the food out into our cells through the bloodstream. And then it gets rid of the junk, ideally. But when we eat too quickly, we're overloading that system. And not only are we overloading the system so we don't get all the nutrients out of the food, the other thing we're doing is we're, we're, we're tricking out, tripping out the, the hormones because the hormones in our stomach are not perfect. Hormones are signaling mechanisms. A hormone signal, there's a hormone that signals to our brain that our, our stomach is full. And it's about 20 minutes behind on its job. Mm -hmm. So kind of a flaw in our software here in our body, right? That we can overeat and not feel it for about 20 minutes. This is why often after Thanksgiving meal, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, that's when we start to feel bloated and, and that our stomach is really, really over full. It's not right at the end of the meal, right? At the end of the, right. As we just finished eating this massive plate or two or three plates of food, we actually feel really good. And then later we start to feel like, oh my gosh, I really overate. Studies have shown that people who eat solely and mindfully eat approximately 20% less. For many, many people, Amber, that's why they're overweight, right? It's 20% more food over a long period of time that a 
causes a person to be 20, 40, 60 pounds overweight. It's not from massive binge eating. A lot of times it's not from, you know, certain bad habits or certain foods. It's consistently eating too much just because they overate. So for some people simply eating solely and mindfully is not only the key to better health, it's also the key to their weight management. It, can, it very well can be, that's for sure. Um, I happen to be one of those people who are ridiculously slow. And it's <laughs> it's a joke within my family. Okay, right. everybody, let's wait for mom to finish. And like going out to eat, they're like, okay, mom, can we like speed it up? But I physically can't, I just can't. And if I do have to rush to eat, I just choose not to eat because I can't do it. But, uh, you know, it, it's a big joke, but I do agree with that. I think that's so important. But let me just ask you one thing that kind of goes into this. And okay. as you know, I'm a big proponent of keto and carnivore. Okay. Yeah. Which those two plants, specifically carnivore is extremely nutrient dense foods. And because they're so nutrient dense, it, it, you don't have to eat as much of it. So it's an automatic satiety thing. So like for me, I get to a point where I physically I don't care how slow it is or whatever. I physically can't eat anymore because my body says you're done. And I don't have to re, re you know, rely on the volume of my stomach. Like a lot of people do who don't right. eat more nutrient dense. They have to eat, yep. you know, a lot more food to get that same, you know, amount that I do in nutrients, which is what your body is trying for not to fill your stomach, you know? So, so how, how do how does that work in for you? Like, like, how do you think well, of that? a couple of things? Number one, the, the chewing is, uh, is honestly less important when you're on a carnivore diet. And the reason why is because the enzymes in our mouth really only help digest starches and carbs. True. Right. So that's kind of an interesting little note there that, that the chewing to the, the consistency of applesauce isn't so important anymore to work in the enzymes because those enzymes aren't going to help with meat anyway. So that's just kind of an interesting little aside, but after that, I still think chewing to the consistency of applesauce is just a good health habit because mm -hmm. that, that dense food needs to be broken down so that your stomach uh, can process it. Other than that, this is more your field than mine. I actually teach people to eat uh, a balance of, of carbs, fats, and protein with each meal precision nutrition style. Mm -hmm. And so most of the people that I deal with actually do consider themselves fast eaters. Not only are they fast mm -hmm. eaters, they're still eating fast foods. They're often eating on the run. They're eating mm -hmm. during meetings. And so as I, yeah. as I talk to people and get into their lives, what we find out is that, that food, um, especially, you know, they, they start their day on the go. So they're, they're scarfing down their breakfast. Oftentimes they're eating in a meeting or getting fast food for lunch. And the only meal that they really have a chance to eat solely and mindfully in their minds is their dinner. So those are the typical challenges that I'm dealing with in the real world from, from customers and clients is those issues there of, well, I don't have much time for lunch. I, 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 I know I should get up earlier to exercise and whatnot, but I just don't have time to make myself a really nutritious breakfast. So these are the more of the challenges that I'm hearing is from people on that side of the ledger, mm -hmm. not people like yourself that are eating whole nutrient dense foods. That would be a great problem to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I know, right, right. Right. It is, it is kind of awesome to be honest with you. Uh -huh. I like to deal with the problems that, that I get for sure. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you on, uh, the eating slower 
or being mindful of what you're eating. That is so yeah. important because it does help with digestion, period, regardless yeah. of what it is you're eating, you know, to, to slow that down and to allow your body to do what it needs to do is so important. I mean, that affects you even just like being under stress and you're in this rush state, it affects your digestion. And, you know, it can shut stuff off and not work as well. And so it, it's better to just kind of, okay, well, let's just take this little bit of time. And, and I, I hate being rushed when I eat. It's just not something I can do. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, and it plays into another thing, which we weren't going to spend a lot of time talking on and, and, and uh, but I want to just touch on it. And that is that ideally we want to do everything in our lives slowly and mindfully, right? True. Very true. Uh, now eating is just one area that we can be more slow and mindful. Now, when we look at the blue zones in the world uh, where people live consistently to be over hundred and quite fit right up till the day they die, there's a variety of reasons why they do that. And it's not, there's not much consistency between the diets that they eat. One is in Okinawa, Japan, where there's a lot of seafood and vegetables and rice. Mm -hmm. One is in Greece, where it's a Mediterranean style diet. One is in Russia, that's very high on dairy. And, and one is in Loma Linda, California, where they eat a lot of grains and meat and uh, an American, you know, foods that we grow in America, right? So there's almost no consistency dietarily between those four blue zones. But what is uniform amongst all of them is they tend to eat their meals together as families, often in a multi-generational setting. And something you alluded to earlier, it's all whole foods. It's all whole foods often that they grew in their local communities, right? And so it's not just that they eat their food slowly and mindfully, they're eating together. There's a sociality, they're eating with people that they love. Oftentimes there's a grandparent there with the parent and with grandchildren and there's chatter and talk. They're not scarfing down a McDonald's breakfast in a drive-through, right? So it's, it's not just that they're eating slowly and mindfully, they're eating slowly and mindfully together. And I think that's an important point. And, and, you know, anyone listening who has a loved one or a family, right? Anytime that we can add in homemade whole food meals with our family, now we're taking it to a whole other level. It's not mm -hmm. just scarfing down food into our body and running off to the next meeting. So whenever we can do that, I think that just adds a whole other layer of meaning to our, our healthy lifestyle. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Now, you number... ready for number three? Number three, intermittent fasting. Now, is this something you do, Amber? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I am an intermittent fasting coach. So oh, yes, wow. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but but I'll I'll be honest with, with me because I am carnivore. Um, I and, and I've been keto too. I mean, I've been doing this for four and a half years. So my I I let my body dictate what I need. I, I don't go, Oh, it's hasn't been 18 hours or 24 hours. I can't eat yet is I, I just naturally do it. So if you want to call it intermittent fasting or not, it's very intuitive, I guess. So, uh, I just go by my body. So, but yes, I do. I don't eat breakfast, put it that way. I don't eat until like about noon and I usually stop like six 30. So from six 30 to noon, I don't eat. So beautiful. And I love the fact you're doing it naturally not by the clock because our body of course doesn't have an internal clock like we kind of do we have internal mm -hmm. rhythms we have circadian rhythms mm -hmm. but we certainly don't have a down to the minute you got to do this and then you got to do this <laughs> absolutely so i really do like that um and i try to be 
the same way myself. As a matter of fact, one study that I read on uh, intermittent fasting for, for men anyway, is they took a healthy group of men who are generally healthy and had good ha habits other than they all had about 20 pounds to lose. Okay. So this is a, a demographic between, if I remember right, the age of 25 and 35 guys who were generally healthy, but need, weren't at their ideal body weight. And they, they had a large group and they tested both and they had some do intermittent fasting five days a week. And the other did intermittent fasting seven days a week. And after 60 days, uh, and, and, and neither group had done intermittent fasting before. This is the one change they made. Okay. Both groups lost weight and both groups lost the same amount of weight. And to me, that was a signal, right? That we don't have to be too, um, what's the word? We can be flexible. It doesn't have to be every mm -hmm. single day, right? Uh, and for many people, that's important because as soon as we start talking about things that make their life harder or not as fun, for example, the people that really enjoy their Friday night outings and that that involves a little bit of alcohol and some party food. Um, I don't tell them they can never do that. Right. We don't, what, what we want to control it. Like there's a huge difference when you're drinking a 12 pack of beer and just having a couple of beers with the guys right on a Friday night. Um, but to me, that study indicated that having a little bit of grace with ourselves was okay. Um, and so I'm the same way. Now I tend to do a 16, eight protocol. Mm -hmm. um, and again, not so much by the clock. Uh, if I'm feeling that I can eat uh, quicker, I do. Oftentimes it's the opposite. Amber, there's a lot of times where I could start eating at 10 AM based on when I stopped eating the night before. And I just don't feel like I need to yet. Mm -hmm. So I wait longer. It goes both ways. Other times, there are times, the odd time where I'm like ravenously hungry at nine o'clock. Say I exercised for two hours that morning and did some really hard work and I'm ravenously hungry at nine o'clock at night. I just eat. Yeah. I just don't worry about that. Right. I'm just, my body is telling me, you know, ravenous hunger means eat, but eat healthy whole foods. Right. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking though, Amber, most people are eating after dinner and they're eating junk food. And what that's doing is throwing off their hormonal cycle, because when we stop eating at six, six thirty, seven o'clock at night, then the melatonin starts to rise. The digestive system gets to do what it does and get rid of all the food. Then when, as we sleep, our HGH is rising, our estrogen's rising, our testosterone is rising. Then we wake up in the morning with our blood sugar, low HGH, high testosterone, estrogen, estrogen, high this is a perfect time of the day to exercise. Mm. Right. And th those great hormonal and blood sugar states stay in place until we eat again, right? So it's really a wonderful cycle. And I won't spend any more time on it because you're already doing it. You're already teaching people this. And so we, you know, unless you have questions or want to comment on it, probably, you know, most people have heard this, so we could probably move on unless you have questions. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess probably most people do understand what is meant by intermittent fasting, which is mm. completely different than starving yourself. <laughs> there, there is a difference just so y'all know, but I think everybody probably knows that. So yeah, I think, I think we're good. I had a question, but now I can't remember it. So that's okay. We'll go on to number four. Number four. Now this is one where we could have a healthy debate because uh -oh. what I'm teaching people to do is to eat according to the hand rules of precision nutrition, <laughs> carbs, fats, protein, um, and uh, uh, five to nine servings of veggies every day. Now, as someone doing the carnivore diet, I completely understand <laughs> how that differs mm -hmm. from what I just said. 
But again, there could also be a difference in the coaching I'm doing and, and what you're doing. Um, because for the most part, most of my customers come to us and their number one goal is to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Many people in our world, they're not exercising regularly. They've been sedentary for a long time. Most of my customers are over the age of 35 and uh, up to about age six, 35 to 65 men and women who've generally lived a sedentary life. And now they're starting to get fit. And so it totally depends on the demographic. Like if you were to tell me, Dave, you ought to try carnivore for four months. I'd be like, that sounds kind of cool. I would try it. Right. <laughs> like it sounds, cause I've kind of, I've dabbled in it. Right. Like for a while there, I really felt like just eating meat only at dinner, especially I just felt like my body just felt like if I just had meat only at dinner, that that would be better for me and not add anything else on. And I actually did that for a while, but I never went all in with the carnivore diet. So for me, I'm kind of tempted, but for many of my customers that come to me for coaching, they're not even close to that level yet. Mm -hmm. I can't, I've got to get them to start walking first. Right. <laughs> and to, to get rid of the Cheetos and to stop drinking, you know, three or four cups of wine after dinner every night. Like, like those are the kind of things that I'm hearing from people. And so for those of you listening, just do a self-assessment. Where are you at? Like what, how could you step up in the basics of what you're eating? We all know that the basic building blocks that are generally eaten by people are consistent carbs, fat, and protein. Now veggies falls into the carb category, right? Although there can be yeah. a decent amount of protein and some, um, some veggies, but for the most part, most veggies are carbs. So what we're trying to do is get people to eat a reasonably apportioned plate three times a day of healthy carbs, healthy fat, healthy protein, and get five to nine servings of veggies a day. And for most people, Amber, who've been eating the sad diet, the standard American mm -hmm. diet, this changes their life. Yep. Agree. That's very true. It all depends on where you're coming from, like you said, and also what your goals are. I mean, there are, you know, when a lot of people who come to me, I mean, everybody wants to lose weight. Who doesn't want to lose weight? I mean, there's very few. Um, I mostly get women. I do get a few men, but mostly women. And of course, every woman wants to lose weight. It's very rare when <laughs> you're on the other spectrum. And, yeah. you know, most of my clients tend to be the ones that have health issues they're wanting to address. And mm. so, you know, it just kind of depends. Is keto going to work for them as low carb or do they need to get rid of all the plants because of all the anti-nutrients that may be causing issues? And then maybe you need to go all the way carnivore, but not everybody needs to be there. Not everybody needs to be keto you know, and I am absolutely open to that. You know, like we discussed earlier, there are some things mm -hmm. that I, I have a very hard no on, but uh, yeah. other than that, I mean, they're whole foods is, is what I say. Whole foods. Absolutely. And vegetables yeah. fall into that. And if you don't have issues with them, Hey, you know, that's all great. I do love that as a, as a lowest common denominator, if people would just eat more whole foods, right? Mm -hmm. This is what is causing the biggest problem. We eat too much food from packages. It's just, yes. there's just no doubt about it. And for the vast majority of people, simply cutting out the bad stuff that they're putting in their mouth throughout the day on a regular basis and replacing it with whole foods can be revolutionary, right? And actually Absolutely. fairly difficult. So again, it just depends what level you're at, but that's what I'm teaching. Um, it's something we think is doable. Mm -hmm. One of the things I like about it is it's something a person can do without even changing where they shop. 
because I feel like as soon as we go to, you know, people feeling like they have to have an organic hippie garden just to survive, (laughs) they're not going to do it. Right. right? I don't want to do it either. I don't want to grow my own food. There's a certain amount of of convenience that I want out out of this modern society that we've developed. Right. And not growing my own food is one of the biggies. Right. So, and I also don't want to have to spend an exorbitant amount on my food, right? Yeah. I like the fact that I can live at my ideal body weight, feeling great, having the health that I currently have, getting almost all my food from Costco and a local grocery store, right? I go through all those containers of nuts from Costco, you know, the ones like- <laughs> Are you cashews, talking about the <laughs> macadamias? <laughs> the Ooh, macadamias. Oh, that is like crack. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's not allowed in my house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not only is it allowed in my house, it's a staple. The macadamias, oh. the cashews, the mixed nuts, oh. and the pistachios from Costco, we cannot run out of those because uh. that's that almost makes up half my diet, right? I love nuts. And so mm. I get and the it. Fact is, <laughs> but my point is not <laughs> to sell everyone on nuts, it's to sell them on <laughs> it's a normal store, it's normal food, mm. right? And so that's, that's the thing I'm trying to teach something that people feel like they can do, mm-hmm. that it's not that hard and that they can do it for a long time. Absolutely. Agree with that. Okay. All right. Now the, the <laughs> next one, we're moving pretty quick here. Number five is develop a simple supplement strategy. Mm, now, this is we, the we, one we, I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we alluded to it earlier, like for example, the electrolytes. Electrolytes are a supplement, right? Of course, there are electrolytes in food. Electrolytes are mostly just minerals, right? We get minerals from our food. Um, and yet supplementing, whether it's a multivitamin, minerals, even a pre-workout drink uh, can really help our regimen. Now, there's a variety of different supplements and some of them are foundational, right? We can test for them. And those ones are the ones we ought to start with. Unfortunately, what most people do, Amber, is if we were to look in the average person's supplement cupboard, everyone has one, right? Everyone has a cupboard. And inside that cupboard, there's often a bunch of supplements. There's the, Mm -hmm. you know, headache relief, there's syrups, all that crud is often in a cabinet. And half of it oftentimes doesn't make any sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying to get people to do is, is first of all, test, not guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been biohacking for five or six years. And the first test that I got a nutrient panel cost 500 bucks. Ooh. Now that was a painful amount of money, but I thought, well, it's, it's me, it's my health. I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. I, I'd rather, because I'm one of these people that believes in paying now to be proactive rather than pay a hospital later to keep me alive. Right. Agree. And, and mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to do all this stuff so that we age gracefully and as well mm-hmm. as possible and are still functional. And I want to be golfing in my nineties. Right. <laughs> and so I, I don't want to be in a wheelchair in my nineties. Well, there's not, you know, a lot of people just simply don't make the right decisions along the way to avoid the wheelchair later mm-hmm. in their life. Well, one of the things that we've got to make sure is that we have, you talked about nutritional density in whole foods. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you get nutritional blood panels. And now, luckily my first one was 500. Guess what? My last one was 100 and it had a lot more in it because biohacking has come a long, long way. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're looking for is things, first of all, and this is where you're, this is where everyone's supplement strategy should, strategy should start. 
what are your deficiencies? Because everyone's body is different. We are very complex organisms. And there are some people that for whatever reason, no matter what they do, they're going to be deficient in vitamin D. You're going to be deficient in chromium. You're going to be deficient in magnesium and calcium and all of these other things. And so what you want to do is not guess about that stuff. Just go spend the hundred bucks and get a blood test. Now we have um, our, our multi, this is Mimi's Miracle Multi, is actually based on all the latest bioscience. We know what most people are deficient in. And so for our age group, our being Dairobi, our customers between the age of 35 and 65, we formulated this product specifically to fill in all the deficiencies we already know 80% of Americans have. And from there, what I try to do personally, Amber, is, is then fill in any other deficiencies through food. One of the reasons why I mentioned cashews, I didn't used to have the cashews. I just had the mixed nuts. And of course the macadamias, <laughs> I love those things. Oh but anyways, God, they're so good. <laughs> but oh. I used to buy the, the pistachios, the mixed nuts and the macadamias. But in my last test, I was low on selenium, not deficient, just low. And cashews are a wonderful source of selenium. And so I simply started eating a quarter cup of cashews every single day as a way to bring up that level. So that's the way I do it. I take a multi every day. I take a mineral every day, and then I test for everything else. Then I try to adjust it through food. It was the same with magnesium. I was low on magnesium, not deficient, but low. And so what I did is I started adding in a green smoothie with my breakfast with a lot of, of uh, dark green veggies in it. Uh, organic. You'll be proud of me. I know you're still probably not a huge <laughs> fan, but at least it is organic. <laughs> I cringed a little, just a little though. You cringed I just, a little. I, I, I caught that. I caught that. <laughs> but this is just my way. I, mm-hmm. I, I supplement what I know I'm deficient in or likely to be deficient in. And I try to get the rest from whole foods. And then I test about every six months. Hmm. Well, I, I, like I said, I've, I've done tests. I've actually done a lot of tests and some of it is because I'm testing products and I get them sent to me. And so it's like, it's fun. It's like, yeah, I get to test. It's so fun. (laughs) So I've done a lot of testing. The one interesting thing I found, okay, as you know, I'm a carnivore, right? And what is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things besides, you know, Oh, it's going to clog your arteries, blah, 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 is where's the vitamin C come from? There's no vitamin C. You're going to have scurvy. Okay. I have yet to meet a single carnivore who has scurvy. Number one. And number two, when I tested my vitamin C was the highest of the high. I mean, it was like way up there. And I was like, what in the world? But you know, what was super low? What? Magnesium. Interesting. And was it, I was, were you deficient? Did it, did it cause, uh, do they consider it deficient or just low? Where, where were you on the scale? Really low, really, very really low. low. I don't know if necessarily it was deficient. I don't know if they described it that way, but it was in the low range. And, okay. um, but comes to find out my cortisol is super high and, uh, you know, there's an inverse relationship there. So, you know, magnesium gets depleted when you know, stress is high or you eat sugar or whatever. There's a lot of that. So yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, that that's the issue with that. But I was, I was shocked. Number one, that my vitamin C was super high and I was equally shocked that my magnesium was low. I was like, what the heck? And I was supplementing. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Anyway. So that, that, that's my my kind of thing. Everything else is, you know, pretty good. Well, I mean, your story and my story, I just pass on to everyone listening now, uh, by the way, um, there's a great app. The reason I got that hundred dollar, uh, uh, test that's so awesome 
is because there's an app that I really am a huge fan of. And I'm on there. You want to join me there, Amber. It's called Life Extend. You can track a lot of your healthy habits. Yeah, Life Extend is wonderful. As a matter of fact, you should have Don Brown, the founder of this app, on your podcast. He's terrific. Um, he sold his last company for $1.4 billion and built this app. Oh, wow. Uh, with his money. And it's absolutely fantastic. And you track the top health habits every day. So you get you gamify your health. And he is, he's worked out this deal. There's over a million members in here, I think. So he's worked out this sweet deal where you can get a really great blood panel that would normally cost two to $300 for about a hundred bucks. So hmm. it's the last blood panel that I took. And it was more robust than ones I spent much more money. The, the previous one I took was in January. And it was $180. And I, I'm not exaggerating. It had a quarter of the results that this one had for 100 bucks. Wow. I'm a huge fan. So it's called Life Extend for those okay. of you listening. Um, it's, it's free. And the paid version is like three bucks a month if you want to you know, oh, wow. splurge okay. and go pro, right? So I've been, I've been really uh, enjoying that. Um, and so test, don't guess maybe analyze what supplements you have in your cupboard. By the, by the way, any of my products, if, if people want to check out dirobi.com, D-I-R-O-B-I.com, they can use the code insider to get 15% off if they want to check out any of our products. I'll put but that below. You, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, and whether you, they buy mine or not, uh, supplement what you're deficient in. Uh, honestly, it's kind of cheating. I know we should we should all get all of our nutrients from food, but guess what? It's just freaking hard. Hello. <laughs> that's what I was. That's why I was shocked. I'll be honest with you because it yeah. doesn't get more nutrient dense than what I eat. It just doesn't. And for me yeah. to be deficient, but it makes sense because our soil is deplete. I mean, and then, you know, our, our food eats that and it just, it makes sense that it trickles down. So it's not like it used yeah. to be. I mean, as much as we try to eat like our ancestors, it's, it's not the same, not our vegetables, not our fruits, not our meat. Nothing is the same as it used to be. So. And guess what? I think our ancestors were really deficient. I think we're absolutely spoiled rotten that we can eat such <laughs> a variety of food and have all these uh, great sure. first world supplements, right? So we tend to think, oh, our ancestors, those paleo people, they had it so great. No, they didn't. They didn't. We have it much greater right now because the world is open to us to buy anything that we want. And there's all kinds of great health science that we have done that they couldn't do, et cetera. And I know you, you're uh, coming up against a hard stop. So I'm, I can go through the last two really quickly. Oh. Number six. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, goodness. Okay. Ooh, we got to get to them. Okay. Sorry about no that. problem. These are simple. Number six is exercise every day. It doesn't mean it has to be hard exercise. It doesn't mean kill yourself every day by any means, but you know what, especially for those of you listening that are over about the age of 30, three times a week, isn't going to cut it. If you want your best health, if you want to be at your best and you really want to have good strength and energy and flexibility, mobility, endurance, accuracy, all the benefits of a good, healthy lifestyle, then you have to put that into your schedule. Now it could be walking sometimes, sometimes it could be yoga. Sometimes mm -hmm. it ought to be strength. And one of the things we know from exercise science is that high interval, uh, high intensity interval workouts give you the most bang for the buck in 10 to 15 minutes of hit workouts. You can really rev up your metabolism. You can continue that fat burn well into the day. And so having a few hit workouts, along with some mobility and some core and, and hitting all the different muscle groups in different ways 
is a great way to live. So be active mm-hmm. every single day. And the last one is get seven to nine hours of sleep. Oh yeah. That is crucial. And I think that is one that people have struggle with so much, including me. I I was in that boat. I now understand because if I don't get good quality sleep, not just quantity, quality, I sound like a blabbering idiot. I can't even form a (laughs) sentence. My husband will look at me and go, Oh yeah, you need to get some sleep because yeah, you make (laughs) no sense. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> well, having talked to you for almost an hour now, I can't imagine a blabbering idiot coming out of, but <laughs> it's true, true for all of us. We're at our worst when we're sleep deprived. There oh, really is no doubt yes. about it. And, and so trying to get to bed a little bit earlier, uh, getting a good night's rest, it's where all these other things come into play. If we're exercising and eating right, and we're stopping eating at dinner time, and then our hormones get to do what they do best. And our digestive system gets to work properly. Mm-hmm. Remember what I said at the beginning about the system. Sleep is a very critical part of that whole system. If you do everything else and you don't sleep right, your body doesn't have a chance to recover, to build, Mm -hmm. to grow, to get rid of the toxins, the pathogens, Mm -hmm. the carcinogens that have developed throughout the day. And so all seven as a system uh, is what we're teaching people, Amber, to have their best health. I agree. Absolutely. Well, Dave, it has been a blast. I'm so sorry. I have to jump off here, but I have a, another podcast right now. We covered so, everything. Great. Thanks yeah, so much for having me awesome. on. Awesome. Yes. And Hey y'all subscribe to my channel and I will have all of Dave's stuff below. So no worries. And if you're interested in his supplements, I will have that information below too. Well, thanks Dave. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.